Hi, this is Carrie with the Promised Podcast. This is part four of the series on abusive family systems, and I have guest Amy with us today. Amy is a mother of three. She is a nurse, author, and has a women's nonprofit organization called Unqualified and Called, helping women in need. And Amy loves Jesus. Hi, Amy. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good. Thank you for having me. I hope you all are doing very well and find yourself very blessed. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on and just feel extremely blessed to have connected with you on this topic. Yes, yes. So share with us what your upbringing was like. Well, my upbringing... I grew up um, in a very blended family. Um, my father raised me and my older brother for a portion of that time and then um, met my stepmother who raised me since I was 11 months old. And when I was very young, it, it was seemed very good and everything was whole and I was happy. And um, But as I got to grow older, the dysfunction um, got worse. The abuse was worse. Um, You know, my mother who raised me was very uh, physically and emotionally and verbally abusive to us. Um, Mm -hmm. She would take the things out of our rooms and throw them down. And so for us, you know, looking back now, we thought that was normal. And now being a mother and uh, my own children and running my own family, um, it was very different. And I realized how really dysfunctional it was and, and how that dysfunctionality really rippled into my current situation and being a mother and you know they always say you end up like your parents and you catch yourself and you're like no 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 I'm not doing that <laughs> so <Right? laughs> it's, it's very yeah I mean I we, I'm from Miami we're a very lo- loud very outspoken family um you know and so just relearning those techniques I, I call them like bad habits that you learn from your parents especially in the dysfunction and um not trying to carry that over with my kids you know I still struggle with that so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the hardest part. And I love like how you said that seemed normal to you, you know, and I hear that so often. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're growing up in this environment, that is your normal. It, it like, really you is. You get any different. And you learn how to adapt. And so you think, well, you know, she's not as upset as she was last time or my dad didn't do this, you know, okay, it's not that bad, but. There was one instance that I got beat so bad, my mom took the drawers out of our dresser. And I was like, I want to say late middle school, almost high school, but I was like seventh or eighth grade. And my mom took the drawers out of our cabinet and would throw them at me. I literally was in a fetal position on the floor, just covering my face, like, you know, like a tornado. You literally, that's all you can do is protect yourself. Yeah. And she threw every drawer on me. And then she threw the last one and she said, clean it up. And I had to pick up all the clothes. And I remember my dad standing at the doorway saying, that's enough. That's enough. And I, from that one side that I took those hits, I don't know if like, um, I don't know the terminology, but like wrestlers get like the cauliflower ear. I remember being bruised so bad on one side and in my ear, in my ear were like these little blood blisters. And I went to school and my counselor said, are you okay? And I said, I'm fine. And she goes, what, where, where are these marks from? And I said, I fell off a skateboard skateboarding and I knew I knew when I said that lie I said this is not normal if I know that I have to lie so I don't get in trouble more this is not this is not love this is not behave this is not you know healthy family behavior right wow good for you yeah good for you for recognizing that at such a young age I mean Mm -hmm. I really think that there's something to say about survivors Mm -hmm. like Mm-hmm. who have gone through things like that mm-hmm. and um, come out the other side, not, not being abusers themselves, because we know in a lot of cases that mm-hmm. can happen too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but coming out and going, you know what? I have been like somewhat enlightened by this experience yeah. and learned, learned that, that there is, there is, this is dysfunctional. This isn't okay. And to want to, make that shift in to doing, doing something different, learning mm-hmm. something different and, mm-hmm. and something in a new normal 
that is healthy. Yeah. No, and it's also, um, you know, I think as survivors, whether you grew up like in a dysfunctional family relationship or just your personal relationship or whatever, I think that when you take that abuse and that dysfunction, I think it retrained your brain almost to the fight or flight, right? Where you have to be quick on your feet because you're always in defensive mode. You're always in defending yourself, whether it's your mind, right? Somebody can treat you and do whatever, but you're in control of your own mind. And so you allow what you pick up because they're going to throw everything they can at you, the abuser. And then Mm -hmm. you allow, it's the one thing that you can control. You allow what you're going to pick up and what you're going to believe and what you're going to set down because you know, that's not what God has for you. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. makes us really like fight or flight. We we're like mama bear. We're independent woman. We are, you know, thriving. And that's because in those situations, that's, that's all we can do. You know, wow. Mm-hmm. I have not heard it explained like that, mm-hmm. but I love that because that, like, that, that is so accurate. Mm-hmm. It's like we have, like you said, we have to learn. We had to learn how to be quick on our feet mm-hmm. and learn what we need to do in order to protect ourselves in order to survive. Yeah. In this chaos. I mean, think about when you're like really scared, your adrenaline goes up, right? When, when we're in that, growing up in that dysfunction around our family and then you have multiple siblings and multiple personalities a lot more you know it's almost like your your adrenaline is constantly going because you were like what's the next thing it's coming it's coming so that's where like you enlighten and you grow and you're like wow that was exhausting (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I mean it is. It's such an experience unless you've been through it and survived it. Mm-hmm. It's it's really hard to to grapple with and to mm-hmm. fully understand. Mm-hmm. So what was the most impactful experience in your life growing up that made you realize that what was going on in your family wasn't healthy or normal? I know you explained the lie, like knowing that you had to lie about. Yeah how you got injured. Was that it? Or was there something else? Or was it a series of things that happened where you were like, this isn't normal? This isn't okay? So I think it was a series of things. I remember. Don't quote me on my years. I'm trying to think. Um, I want to say sixth or seventh grade. Uh, my, I, I, you know, when you grow up in a dysfunctional home, the first sign is that kids start um, struggling in school right? Academically. Kids mm-hmm. are, that, that is the one, that's the first thing you'll recognize statistically is when a child starts declining in school academically, what's going on at home, right? Because what mm-hmm. children do academically is a direct reflection of their home life. Okay. Now, right. some people don't agree with me and that's not true because some children will do outperform academically because that's the only thing they can be successful at because they're not accepted at home. So it can go, it can go either way. It can go either way. So, Very true. um, so I started to struggle in school. I, I am just for the record. I am not a book smart. I, I consider I am not an accountant. I do nothing with math. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I, long story short, so I became a nurse. Um, but I struggled really hard in school. I was the girl that I had to struggle to get a C. I had to really struggle just to pass. Um, and I'm sure looking back, it had something to do with my home life. Um, but I, you know, I made some C's and some D's here and there, like on my intern and I, even on my report card, I remember made an F or something. It's probably in math. I'm not going to lie. So, <laughs> but math teachers. So I came home one day and my dad had a burn barrel, um, like where he would just burn like scrap card, whatever, you know, so he would burn it. And my mother was so upset with me. Now this is my stepmother just for everybody's listening, because I do have a biological mother that I have a wonderful God restored relationship with, and we'll get to that later, but this is the mother who raised me, stepmother. So she was so upset. She took my cheerleading uniform and my cheerleading shoes and everything that I had, and she threw it in the burn barrel and made me stand there and watched it burn. And it broke my heart. I felt like a part of me died died that day. And I thought, what if my dad was always not agreeable. They had different parenting styles, but she was definitely type A ran the house, you know, Mm. and he didn't do anything. And I could see in his eyes that he was just like, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, overstep this. But I was so devastated 
because I thought there was no reprimand. There was no, um, you know, learning season. There was no like, what can we do to set you up for success? Why are you struggling? What's going on? It was completely like a, 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 a condemning approach. Right. Right. And I just, that really broke me. It really broke me. And to this day, I mean, maybe she, you know, was just emotionally unstable. I think there was definitely some psychological underlying things going on with that, but it really broke me. It really broke me. And then I had to go to school and tell them um, that I couldn't do cheer anymore. And that was really hard. Yeah. So it was like, it was like this dramatic effect. Like, always. It was always zero just, to 60. Zero. I mean, I wouldn't even say 60, zero to 110. You know I mean? It was fly yeah. off the lid, fly off the plate. She would, um, so there were multiple instances. I remember um, her and my father got into an argument and she just took her, literally laid her elbow. And I'm trying to visualize this for the listeners. If you imagine laying your elbow, like leaning against the island or the table, elbow to fingertips and just completely dragged her arm across it and everything went flying on the counter and it was this was towards my dad and as children we were exposed to this kind of anger and just very toxic relationship and you know it always felt like we had to test the water we're like we never knew if it was going to be a good day or a bad day we never knew what Mm -hmm. mood we were going to catch her in and it was very hard so I became really good at testing the waters. I would bring up small talk just to see if I was going to get this. And then I wouldn't talk to her about anything else. Um, wow. I became a good performer. I was hmm. funny. I was likable. I would try to lighten the mood. I would try to off burden the pain and the just, you know, not happiness in the home. And I always tried to make everybody get along and, you know, I was funny and liked, and I tried to you know, make light of the situation just to try to make it a little more peaceful. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a heavy mm-hmm. bur- like burden and responsibility that you had to carry that as a child. It was really tough. Up. Really uh, tough. I mean, it's great now. That's my hard. marketing <laughs> background. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's when I can walk into a yeah, room, you know, and I can utilize those, those things that I've learned. Um, right. But it's, but it's tough because, you know, everybody has different personalities. I could have just shut down. I could have just went really dark. I could have just withdrew. Mm-hmm. But as a believer, um, I come from a very secular home, by the way, I am the first um, saved believer in my family. Uh, my wow. mother grew up Catholic and was totally anti-religion as she got older. She did not, you know, but back then it was different, you know, with, with people. But um, so I went to Young Life, a really good friend of mine through uh, middle school invited me and she was so sweet. And to this day, I still see them around town. Very nice, very nice people, nice family, just wonderful people. It, and at such an impressionable time, it was so nice to be able to have that family to see firsthand what a normal family looks like. And I thought, mm. wow, they're so different. No, we were, we were different. <laughs> we were different. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And that's when I remember noticing that too. Mm. Like that was something that was pivotal for mm. me was going to other families' homes and um, going, oh, wow. And now don't get me wrong. There were just some dysfunctional oh, yeah. homes I had been in mm-hmm. too that were even more dysfunctional than mm-hmm. mine. But there were other homes where I would go in and I would go, oh, this is what it looks like to have a healthy family, to have um, a mom and dad mm-hmm. that eat dinner every night together at, at the dinner the table. table. And it was foreign. <laughs> like I thought I got yeah. on a boat and I am not in the world. I mean, where are we? Right. This is not normal. We sat on the floor in the living room or on the couch every night eating dinner. We didn't even have a dining room in my house. We oh, did yeah. have a bar, like a bar stool. Same with us. That's so funny. You know, and there were three or four stools and you can sit on in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. And that was it. And we would sit in front of the TV. There was no communication. There was no bonding. There was no, you know, how was your day? How how did, how how are you doing in school? How can I help you? Are you struggling? There was, there was no support. There was none. Yeah. That was my family too. Mm -hmm. It was 
my dad was allowed to sit on the couch and have dinner while he's watching Mm -hmm. TV. Mm -hmm. And he would always be the first one served. Mm -hmm. And we would be just sitting on the couch with him or eating on, like you said, at the bar, Mm -hmm. like at the the bar on the bar Mm -hmm. stools in the kitchen by ourselves and, or in our bedrooms. And it was, yeah, there was no, um, there was no connection and, and bonding and mingling. And I remember the only time I ever got any connection with my father was if I was sitting on the couch watching TV with him and a commercial came on and I somehow was able to get a few words in to try and connect with him. (laughs) but yeah that's that's interesting I had the same same sort of experience there as you yeah yeah I feel like I got to bond with my dad when I was younger but as I became older you know he really withdrew and just kind of did his own thing I think he had so much like deep felt feelings and emotions that he was going through that I, mm. I just, I don't even think relation relationally that he was able to give himself to us children because he was still yeah. hurt. He was, he was very hurt inside. And I think that he did with, withdraw, he withdrew, he withdrew and he just went into kind of autopilot mode, you know? And it's sad because mm. if he did get the healing and he did get those things, what, what would that childhood would have looked like? Would it have looked different? Right. Um, And did you feel like, did you feel like he was, did you have, what were your feelings towards him growing up? Like, did you develop any kind of like resentment towards him for like not standing up to your stepmom or like, how did that play out as, as an adult in your adult relationship? I feel like my dad was, you know, I was always a daddy's girl and I, my dad was very, um, sweet to me and loving and, um, you know, like my dad, when I remember some of the best times of my childhood, when I was younger, it was my dad. Um, no, he wasn't vocal. He was very uh, passive in, in, in his marriage with my mother who raised me, but I, I wish mm. that he would have stood up to her more, but I also knew in which corner he was in and why he couldn't. So it was really, I felt sad for him. I felt sad. Mm. Um, I don't think I ever resented him. I, the only part that I maybe would have resented him was financially. Um, he was not honest. Um, he is an ex-con. He's done some really, you know, not appropriate things with money. And, you know, as recently as the past decade has had to do some time. Um, and it was really upsetting to see him like, you know, you're, you're not young, you know how to balance a checkbook. You, you need to be the parent, right? I'm, I'm the child. Right. The parent. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there were times, there were times that he was so financially in a position as adults. I'm in my twenties. I have my two, I have my two children at that time. They're very young. One, one's maybe six months old and one's like four. Yeah. Four and a half, five. And I get a phone call from my father and he's asking me to pick him up some booze and can you pay my $23 water or light bill or whatever it is. And I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not oh right. Let me tell you, let me tell you. I went over there and I was like, no. And that's where I think I resented him because I was like, I am, I am the child. Mm. You're the parent. This is not how this works. And I have young children of my own. This is not appropriate. And, and I set boundaries right there that day. You know, you teach people how to treat you. Mm. And uh, there's a great book and Dr. Henry Cloud, Boundaries. I'm sure everybody's heard of it. Mm. I, I love, love, love it. Yes, I know love, that book. I could read that book every day. I mean, we really could. Because er- everybody in this day and age, Lord, everybody needs some boundaries right now, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Seriously. So I had to lay some really deep boundaries. And in a way he was very upset and of course lashing out because when people get what they don't want, that's a manipulative tactic. They try to guilt trip you or shame you or this and that. Mm-hmm. I immediately said, I love you and I'm going to continue to love you, but you are not going to walk all over me. No, these are my boundaries. And I need to see, you know, whatever boundaries you set, you have to redo that because in the dysfunctional home growing up in the dysfunctional home as children, we're always trying to please and win our parents' approval. We're never good enough. 
we're not loved absolutely enough. but growing as an adult that's where you have to draw the line and go you know what that was my childhood but this is dang sure not going to be my adulthood and this is how it's going to go you know mm-hmm. absolutely good for you and we're going to talk about boundaries mm-hmm. a little bit later um because i have some questions for you on that as well and i remember having to do the same mm-hmm with, with my parents and, and still learning today how to set healthy boundaries with them. And it's not easy. It's like a, it's a journey. It really is. So how did all of your childhood play out in your adult life? What effects did your experiences have in your decisions moving into adulthood? I was so desperate to get out of my childhood that I probably made some decisions and choices that have come back to haunt me um, in my future. Um, I was very young. Um, I became very promiscuous. I was, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. I thought I was burnt goods. I thought that, you know, I was a big believer and I still am. I call myself, you know, a Jesus follower. And I felt when I went through some, I put myself in some really bad situations and not good outcomes as a young girl um, that happened. And so after those situations happened, I felt like I wasn't worthy to Jesus anymore and that he couldn't use me. And so I went further down the rabbit hole and I really was in a season that I just did not love myself. I didn't like myself. The things that I did showed that I didn't like myself and I just kind of gave up. I just kind of gave up and thought, well, this is my life. I'm going to turn out exactly mm. how they think I am and really just kind of allowed the enemy to just win, just ruin my life. And so I got into trouble. I ended up getting uh, pregnant my junior summer and I told my mother who raised me and she told me to get an abortion or move out. And I said, bye. And I, I moved out with my, wow. um, he was my boyfriend at the time. We loaded up his truck with all my stuff in trash bags and I took what I can get and I wasn't allowed back. So, um, moved in with his parents. And I will say, as I was walking out, my father said, I don't like you right now, but I'm, I love you and I'm happy with the choice you made. And I'll never forget. He said, you play, you pay. I was like, alrighty. <laughs> um, wow. That's, that's what he said. And I thought, okay, that was him, you know, I definitely wouldn't have said that, but that was his way of like trying to affirm my decision. Maybe. <laughs> wow. Just so the listeners yeah. know, my dad is a total um, builds custom choppers, motorcycles, mechanic. Think of uh, the show. What is it? Anarchy with the motorcycle guys. So if you can just visualize that as oh, a yeah. listener, this is my dad. <laughs> okay. So really rough around the edges kind of guy. Um, but so I, moved there. And so that was a direct result of the choices that I made because of my upbringing. I'm not blaming my parents for that, but it definitely, my heart was not in a good place. Right. Also Mm -hmm. in relationships, it was really hard for me to trust, to trust people in a relationship, whether it be financially because of, you know, how my father was, but also not be so gritty and hard. I feel like, um, that I was so used to seeing my mom being independent and really rough around the edges. And, you know, you don't need to be a man. You can be independent. You can be this and that, that I just didn't trust anybody. I had really big trust issues and Mm. I, I could never nail that down for the longest time. And now I, I did because I think she was, I think she had, um, she was diagnosed with where everybody wanted to be her and everybody wanted to act like her and everybody was inferior to her. And I can't remember the term, but it makes sense now. Oh, well, it sounds like a grandiose yes. narcissist, but I'm sure yeah, that there is was... a, <laughs> and that, I know what you're talking about. I've it. heard of that. It's like a, some mm-hmm. sort of syndrome. Um, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it. It'll come back to me. I've, by the I've end. heard of that. I can't think I of it either. Oh, wow. So See, it was really hard. And hmm. so I am complete opposite. I'm very humble. Um, 
I'm very, you know, laid back. I don't have to be a performer anymore. I'm very much like Jesus loves me. So if you don't like me, that's fine. <laughs> very, I don't like to be the performer anymore. Um, yeah. That's so but, awesome. That's, it's awesome how he mm-hmm. gives us that, right? He gives us our identity in him where we don't need validation from anyone else. Was the biggest Absolutely. life factor. And I will say that's recently for me. Um, I, I've been in some really mm-hmm. rough relationships. I have been in, in domestic violence relationships and I feel like that kind of sneaks its way back. It's ugly claws. Show it again from your childhood because that's love. That's love. That's how you received the only love from your dysfunctional parents was that. And you have to say, this is not love. This right. is abuse. This is not okay, honey. You need to look in the mirror. This is not okay. I don't care what he's doing. I don't care what he's saying. This is not okay. Same thing when I went to school and and said that the counselor felt the skateboard. That is not love. I don't care if you're 10, 12, 20, 40, 50, 60, 80. It is not love, right? I think as we get older, we settle. And we, we want to hold on. And it's never too late to restart if you find yourself in those relationships. Or emotionally, financial abuse is a really big one right now. With, with couples and family dynamics because of COVID and where mm-hmm. you may have had a two person working home. Now, maybe you're down to one. And so when they get that control and gain, whether it's him or her, right, that you can fall into that. And we have to really reset our boundaries and protect ourselves in our heart. And that's not what God intended, regardless of your background of your family. That's not okay. That's not okay. And so I'm recently doing right. my own thing. Um, I recently just separated from my husband and, you know, we're taking a large step back to look at things, but it's not okay. It's not okay. And it's not my first rodeo. And I've had people tell me, and these are for the women or men, but these are for the women that I have three children from three different fathers. We discussed the one that I was my high school sweetheart, right? We discussed that and his parents are wonderful and he has married now to a lovely woman and we have a great relationship and she is just amazing. She's amazing. I couldn't ask for a better stepmom. Um, We call her bonus mom, right? He actually, I think he calls her, he calls her mom and I'm mom mom and mom. It's really cute, but I couldn't ask for a more amazing second woman, you know, to be in his life. And honestly, she's been the same woman and a stable in his life and they have a great relationship. I I couldn't be more happy, you know, and that's really hard. We we didn't always get along. I'll be honest with you. I see blended families really rocking it. And you're like, wow, I wish I could be like that. It takes time Do people just trust me. It takes time, but it will work. It will work. Oh gosh. Yes. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. does. And Thank you for saying that because I know so many women who are yeah. suffering right now in the beginning stages of this, and I'm telling them the same thing. I'm it going, give work. it or time, years. give I'll it time you. because, <laughs> oh yeah, it, it does. takes time. And you just gotta, baby, you just, you know, how you it's eat elephants one bite at a time. You just, what do I need to do to get through the day? <laughs> just make it through to tomorrow and focus on it. And then my second child, um, we were in a domestic violence relationship. It was very toxic. It was very tumultuous. Um, uh, there was alcohol involved. It was very, very rough. It was very, very rough. And yeah, that should, yeah, it was really rough. So we, we did counseling, mm-hmm. we did individual counseling and then we did couples counseling, but we're in a good place. Um, I can happily say that he's remarried to a wonderful woman and my son loves her. And we're good. I, I honestly say, I think we're better, better off friends than we were married kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And I love it when I can, when I mm-hmm. hear success stories like that. And, and I, mm-hmm. and I know you, as you know, I have three children, twins mm-hmm. and a younger one and boys that are all teenagers now, pretty much my youngest is almost, mm-hmm. he'll be a teen next month, but um, same thing. I, I have mm-hmm. two different fathers mm-hmm. to my three kids and, um, my first husband, mm-hmm. the father of my twins, he is not remarried. 
and we always make jokes. We don't know if he'll ever be remarried, (laughs) but but he's been single all these years and our kids Mm -hmm. are his life. And I couldn't be more grateful for that. I'm glad that he's always made them his number one priority. Um, and, and that's what matters the most is, is the kids in all of this. And of course us too, but at the end of the day, we need to make it about them when we're no longer able to keep the union intact. And my youngest son, his father Mm -hmm. is married now. And, um, and I am Mm -hmm. extremely grateful that, that, that relationship you know, it exists for our son. And, and it's just, like you said, it's time. It took us years with my youngest son's father and his Mm -hmm. wife. Now it took Mm -hmm. several years for us to be on good terms for us to be able to, um, to co-parent effectively and all of that. And it, it will happen. It does take time. You, fortunately, my son's father and his wife are believers mm-hmm. as well. So we have yes. that to cling and to. That's really we important. have our faith. Mm-hmm. Yes. And utilize the Holy Spirit in our lives to be able to, to love one another, to be able to exhibit yeah. self-control and, and wisdom. And that is just I think the cornerstone of, of all of, all of the yeah. dysfunction is Christ, as we know, as believers. And so it, it's, it's beautiful how it plays out. And I've made same, very similar, um, mm-hmm. mistakes in, in how my childhood mm-hmm. played out in my adult life as well. And my father was actually very different. He was, um, he was very, he was more of the abuser growing up and he was extremely, extremely critical of me. And, um, I had to constantly try and seek validation outside of myself because I internally felt that I was just no good. I felt like I, I was, you know, somewhat worthless and valuable that my talents and my skills were not ever good enough or ever met the bar. Um, And I was constantly, constantly compared to other girls and other women. And, um, and, and that was just my dad. And I don't know if it's his generation or what, but he was just very, very critical of me. And so I was constantly trying to, to go outside of that. And like you, I wanted so badly just to get out of my childhood. I wanted to get away from my parents. I moved out when I was 17 and I just, I wanted out so bad. I I wanted Mm -hmm. to feel Mm -hmm. accepted. I wanted to feel loved. And like you explained the love that we were shown that's not what love, at least not the love of God. Love is not supposed to hurt. And if people say, well, God put me in that season for a reason. God was trying to teach me something. Let me tell you something. God is never going to put you in a situation that you're going to have to hurt to learn from that. That's not God. That's abuse. And that's what people get confused. Correct. Do you see those memes everywhere where it's like, oh, God is going to continue putting you in the same situation to let you continue hurting until you learn? Like, no, that's not God. Exactly. That's that's personal (laughs) will. That's That's, that's, free will. Yeah. That's not using discernment. Keep making them bad decisions. That ain't God. Don't be looking at him because he's looking down, shaking his head, going, are you ready? I know it. Uh-huh. It's like, no, 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 no. It's that's not the case at all. It's I hate the misconceptions yeah. that that humanity has given about my favorite God. one. That's my like favorite you said, one. Is that's like, well, not one door God. closes, one will open. Well, before you open that door, did you pray about it? Did you ask God, is that what door you should be opening? Right? 
Or if the door that's open yeah. is the one you should yeah. be going through. Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like, yes, where we have that personal relationship mm-hmm. with God and listening and waiting patiently it's, for him it's to so speak serious before let me tell we you, move. I used to be an impulse shopper. I, I went to Target. I love Target. I'm sure everybody loves Target, but I love Target. And I saw this really nice laptop back. I need a new one. Okay. Mine's like, and I'm the kind of person that if it can't be donated or I can reuse it, it's literally falling apart. Then I'll replace it. Try to be. Yes. That's exactly how I am. Wanted this bag with my things. I I love it. I'm just not getting the vibe. It was in the 30, 70% and it was not on sale and I thought okay I'm gonna wait I literally before I even buy something I'm like I'm gonna pray about it and I literally go home for 24 hours and I pray about it and I think about it and I think about it and then if wow. I go back and it's gone nope wasn't meant to be Jesus said no it was in the 30 70 percent off it was not on sale Jesus said no <laughs> Jesus said no and I will wait 24 hours until I feel the Holy Spirit and I feel like convicted that okay you can mm. do this I mean, it, it could be anything. And I do that. My kids laugh at me sometimes. And I'm like, you need to do it. Trust me. <laughs> wow. That's amazing, though. What an excellent skill. A very learned that you're skill. You're teaching your kids <laughs> to be able learned. to wait. I mean, it's well, yeah. you know, we have to learn it at some point. And that mm-hmm. that's That was going to be my next question for you, because at some point after we've gone through all of this and mm-hmm. learned from our mm-hmm. own mistakes, stemming from the mm-hmm. dysfunctions that we learned as children, we have to find yes. ways to come out of it. And so I want to ask you, what strategies have you found helpful to cope and manage the psychological effects that well, it's the had first on you one now? is definitely counseling and therapy. I'm a huge fan of counseling. I love counseling. Yeah. If they had a bumper sticker that says, I love counseling, I would put it on my car. Um, I really do because they give you the tools and resources in your tool belt and, and diff- like mental, I call them like mental um, jumping jacks, mental jumping jacks of, wait a minute, why am I doing this? Let me stop. Let's work it out, you know, physically, emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually, let's work it out. Let's look at the process. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? You don't want to do that. You want to be results focused, right? But you're not going to get to the results unless you break down the process. If you're making baked mac and cheese, and I'm going to joke, I made this at my girlfriend's house last night. If you stick to your same old recipe and you, you're like, wow, my mac and cheese is really dry or it's not this or it's not that. You have to work on the process, right? Do you need more butter? Do you need more flour? Do you need more salt and pepper? Whatever. Do you need a bigger pan? Are you overdoing your noodles? You have to look at the ingredients and the process to get the result you want. And so as, as we get older and growing up in dysfunctional home, why are we doing these things? Why do we not want to do these things? Well, let's look at why, what triggers it. What's my environment like? Where is my mind? Am I putting God first, right? Am I living a God first life? Am I, am I Jesus centered or am I my surrounding centered? Am I going to let that disruptor be my center? Am mm-hmm. I going to always be upset or crying or, you know, don't feel like I have options because I'm believing what they're saying over me instead of what God said, who, who you are, right? Because the enemy is a liar. He will come right. to steal, kill, and destroy through any way that he can. And if you allow and you pick up what the abuser says or mm-hmm. what your parents said about you, maybe they're not even around anymore, but maybe in your heart, you haven't fixed that, Right. And that's through therapy or counseling or reaching out or just talking to someone. It could be at church. It could be a friend. You could be in your car listening to this podcast right now. And you're like, that's me. That's me right now. Call somebody. Just talk to somebody about it. Yeah. Right. And you are going to get help to get out of that. I love that. I mean, it's that it takes such, Mm -hmm. it takes such courage Um, But humility, I think, is not as hard as as people make it out. Humility is just going, you know what? Like you said, this is me. This Mm -hmm. is where I'm going. This is how I I need tools. I need help. If you don't have the tools, 
thank you for bringing up counseling because that was the most important thing I Mm -hmm. could have received as a young adult Mm -hmm. was getting the years of counseling and therapy. I needed to get those tools and be able to implement them in the, the psychological aspects of my life. Because if we're not, Mm-hmm. If we're not working on our thoughts, if yeah. we're not working on our mindset, we can't do anything with these dysfunctional right. patterns that we've been used right. that we've adopted for years, you know, and just continue well, repeating about over and over again. Let's say I want to lose so, 20 pounds. How am I going to lose 20 pounds? I'm going to lose 20 pounds by eating right, working out, going to the gym, not eating double stuffed Oreos. They have triple stuff, by the way. Just, just that's my... That's, that's the, that's the enemy. I'm just saying it right now. It's the enemy, but that's the devil. Don't, not that today, is the Jesus. devil I'll be right in the middle there. public declaring that people look at me like I'm crazy. I'm in the Oreo section. Just keep, <laughs> just keep minding your business. Right. So, but you, you do that by eating, working out, going to the gym, get a trainer, whatever. Right. Same thing. If you, right. if you, you don't want to be a painter, you take painting classes, you know, there's abstract art and there's all kinds of crazy stuff out there. Anything that you want to do, you want to sing, you take singing lessons, right? You want to be a race car, you take race car driving lessons. We look at everything else on how to better ourselves, right? But when we have dysfunctional mm-hmm. parents and we're like, wow, I'm 35. Yes, I am. I just turned 35. I'm 35 and I've had a couple of marriages and I've got a couple of great kids that are very resilient and strong and are awesome. I mean, I'm like, wow, you guys turned out really great. Thanks God. Thanks for helping me out. Cause I did not do that on my own. Right. But mm, amen. What, we have to Absolutely. heal ourselves. We have to get counseling, mental health counseling. I like to call it intensive counseling. It'd be really, I've had some really bad stuff, right? It's called intensive counseling. But how are you going to love or fix or yeah. help anybody else, whether you're single or you're with somebody, if you're not loving on yourself first? You can't do nothing else. You, right. you may think you can't, and it's going to crash and burn, and you cannot do that. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. That's yes. where we have to take responsibility and go, you know what? Yeah. I've got to get the help I need, and whatever that looks like. And I, I'm in, I remember for mm-hmm. years, it was like such taboo, um, in my early twenties to mm-hmm. go see a therapist. And it was like, Oh, why, you know, why are you doing that? And like, my family looked down on it. And finally I was just like, you know what? I don't care. I, 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 well, I did need help. I actually became, um, I had some post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress from my relationship mm-hmm. I was in with my youngest son's father. Um, and then also ended up having mm-hmm. a panic disorder where I became agoraphobic and couldn't leave my house. So it was like, I had no choice. I, I was at a point where um, I had mm-hmm. no choice but to get help at that point. But it's like all of the, all of the, mm-hmm. the pain and suffering I could have saved mm-hmm. myself by just swallowing my pride yeah. and not believing yeah. all these lies from everywhere else um, to just go, okay, I need to get help. Yes. Who cares what everybody else thinks and says about it? Like, mm-hmm. I know what's going on inside of me. Yep. And that's what we have to listen to. We have to listen to that inner voice and, yes. and our bodies more than anything tell us. You know, we start losing weight or if we start, you know, overeating, we start, um, yeah, it's like, we have to pay attention to that. Our bodies are letting us know what's happening before our minds usually become conscious of it. Fighter fighters, right. We, we can go in autopilot. We can go into survival mode. We can go in defensive mode. And when your body starts responding, whether it's, you know, externally or internally or telling you your body's going hey 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 down here hey this is not okay this is not okay you may be okay but i'm not okay you know and so, yeah right. being healthy and listening to that's very important yeah mm-hmm. and i want to touch on this really quick for our listeners it's so important to get the right yes. counsel because 
Oh my gosh. I can tell you from experience, especially mm-hmm. if you are in an abusive mm-hmm. situation with an abuser, it can actually make the abuse worse. If you're working with a counselor mm-hmm. that does not see what's going on and, or has an agenda where I just read something on this today. If, if the counselor has an agenda where he's relating to the abuser mm-hmm. because he's an abuser himself, which is very possible. Or if he it does not want to rock mm-hmm. the boat and he's enabling the abuser, mm-hmm. they can be the same. They can cause more destruction yeah. and dysfunction in your world. And so it's extremely important to make sure that you're yes. working with a counselor that's qualified in the areas that not only your relationship mm-hmm. needs help in or your marriage needs help in, yes. but that you need help in. Like you said, you have to, you cannot, no. you cannot man the ship. You cannot mm-hmm. do what you need to do for others. No, I mean, we're if not you are like not Jack equipped yourself. I mean, I'm just saying, no, Mm-mm. you need to, you need to give that ship up. You are not the captain of this boat. I think, no, ma'am. <laughs> and there was enough room on that door for both of them. I'm just saying. To this day. To this day. Oh, That's God. right. It's... I mean, you've got to get. So I think it's you really just important. have to get the right. So help I mean, we're really thinking about buying first. our car and refinancing and where we're going to live and what color gray is this, right? Is this the beige gray or is this the, the bare gray? You know, we're going to paint our walls. We'll spend all the time in the world doing that, but we'll just hire a counselor. Well, we did, we did therapy. It didn't work. <laughs> we did counseling. Well, you got to not rush into those things. I think it's really important first and foremost is deciding if you are going to do secular or are you going to do Christian counseling. I recommend when you do spiritual counseling that you make sure that their views are lined up with yours, right? Um, I would line it up. I'm, I'm non-denominational. And so I Absolutely. go to a non-denomination, uh, not denominational counselor. Okay. If, if I have a blended family, so I'm not going to go to a counselor who's been married for 50 years and has never experienced the blended family's situation and dynamics like I, like I'm in, right? That's not a good fit for you. You need to go to somebody right. who specializes in blended families. There's a book called Ron by Ron Deal, the smart step family. It's an amazing, amazing book for blended families. However, we go to a counselor who specializes mm. in blended families he is a, um, a lighty, light, I can never say this word, guardian at litem. He is a, is a, a mediator for the court system mm. here. So not only does he legally knows, you know, the leaps and bounds of what everybody has to go through, but he's also, he counsels the children. Yeah. And so he really gives that focal point of, hey, you know, mom's oh, over wow. here with her with her new husband and dad's over here with his new wife and where does the kid fall in this right let's bring the kid back to the priority your children are your number one priority right okay so he he brings a great dynamic to it and i love him he is wonderful i mean i'm hoping he writes a book one day he's so great mm. but i have had to research i didn't just open the book the yellow pages oh, and now it's google wonderful. right it used to be the yellow pages now it's google I mean, it's, uh, I still, you know, I still keep the phone books when they put them out once a year now, just because I think it's fun to teach the kids, but <laughs> yeah, but. Oh, I love this, it. I this know. Is and ridiculous. you probably look Why at it and go, what? And, like, yeah. get lost so, but Finding your counselor. If you, so you know, funny. like, let's say you have an addiction in your marriage or your relationship, or, you know, maybe you're like, Hey, I didn't go through dysfunctional family. I had a really great childhood. Wow. I'm glad yours. Y'all sounded awful right however my spouse went through this right my spouse has told me about his childhood we're having marital mm. issues you know he had he, he had a few couple of drinks and he got a little rough with me but he would never hurt me Mm-mm. that needs to be addressed that needs to be brought on and that's you know bringing the light and education and resources you, you need to find a right counselor that that fits your lifestyle and your family 100%. That is just so important. And don't be afraid, like, you know, to our audience, don't be afraid to, um, to go, you know what, this, this well, you, is not working for me. I want to yeah. find a new counselor. 
you have every right to do that. And I think sometimes people are afraid to say, oh, well, you know, how am I going to be looked at if I, if I say that I don't want to go back to that counselor, am I going to be looked at like I'm the problem? I feel like no. the same thing with like sometimes it's just not a good people fit. feel like you can't leave. Yes, you can. You know, you get your haircut and you don't like it. You're going to go somewhere else. It's the same right. thing. You do not sign a contract. You go pay them for your time. And when you're done, you can never go back. You can go back to them. You can do it once a month, once a week, once a day, or you can change it totally. You can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. There's freedom in doing what works best for you. So how have you handled the abuse within your family as an adult now? Like how, how, how do you manage that now in your life? Is it still prevalent and how, what boundaries um, have you had to implement? Because it's easy to fall back, you know, into just knowing what you've known. So I manage it. I don't like yelling in the house, although I'm a very loud person. I am loud, but I don't like yelling. I don't like when my children try to yell at me from another room to me. I say, no, that's disrespectful. That's not, that's not sincere, right? It's not intentional. Mm. If you have something to say, you stop what you're doing and you bring it to me and we'll talk because your time is valuable and my time is valuable. So I think it's about respecting and acknowledging one another in the household. I feel like that children are, you know, to be seen and not heard and that children are there to serve you. And I feel like we should be able to make our children feel heard and respected. And so that's a big thing right now in our family because I am separated from my husband. We do have our own place. And this is a time of healing. This is a time to allow the kids to breathe and heal right mm. and just 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 to feel important and feel loved on right now yeah. and so when they're there I'm talking I still hold them accountable I still make them be respectful but I also ask them hey what do you think about this what do you think about that and they're like oh yeah and, and they have they have a ton to say they have a ton to say now it doesn't mean I'm going to t- take everything they say but they you do. know it's so important in these situations especially from the dysfunctional marriage and dysfunctional um, childhood, you know, kids need to feel heard and validated just like we never were when we were kids. And so I try to take the things that really bothered me that I mm-hmm. wish I would have had right at that time. I specifically, I make sure I hit those points every single day with them. How was your day? I probably asked them, how was their day three times? <laughs> day. They're like, mom, it's fine. Oh, I love what a beautiful thing that you are doing for them. Mm -hmm. And, and I totally relate to your situation Mm because I've had to do the same with my Mm -hmm. kids, um, in in my current marriage and, you know, having Mm -hmm. to be separated is hard. It's really, really hard, but it, it is crucial in maintaining, um, a healthy environment for Mm -hmm. not just ourselves, but for our children. And like you said, being able to give them that space where they feel heard and are being valued too, is just so, so important because you can have two Mm -hmm. parents like, like you did. And like I did growing up where they're in the same home under the same roof and they're together and it's dysfunctionally working for them, but the kids are just being completely left um, devalued, um, not heard and, mm -hmm. and just, um, yeah. And just being left to the wayside to have to, to pick up the pieces later on as they move into adulthood, not even knowing, you know, what to do with them. So good for you. That's (laughs) just so wonderful that you're doing that for them. Um, where do you see God taking you in the future with all of the knowledge and the wisdom that you've gained from what you've been through? Well, I would say on the beach with my toes in the sand, no, <laughs> glass of wine. <laughs> um, yeah. Just everybody. Yes, that passes by. I am with you. Let's, <laughs> you know, like here's, here's your wisdom of the day. And just hand it out. Uh, you know, I really don't know. 
I'm I'm sure it's going to be um I'm sure it will be a you know volunteer opportunity or just to serve people you know just to love on people and just to serve them and whatever avenue or role that that's going to look like um that God's going to have me and I'll I you know I'll humbly do it and love it every minute of it but I'm I'm really not sure I feel like um maybe it's through my next book that I'm writing Maybe it's through, um, you know, just serving at the women's shelter, the consignment shop to fundraise. And, you know, maybe that woman that is going through that really hard time comes to those doors and I just help her. And, you know, she decides to just pour her heart out, you know, because I've been there. I've been there. So whatever avenue that looks like for God, it could simply be just buying the person Starbucks behind me. Right. Or Dunkin' Donuts. I know people are either way, but I'm a Starbucks girl all day long. Um, but maybe, you know, someone's having a really bad day. Maybe somebody (laughs) went through a really bad morning, right? Whether it's a young girl or young man, or maybe had a really big fight and is just trying to get some coffee on her lunch break or go to work and her day could be falling apart. You know, I'll tell you the other day I was leaving Wally world, Walmart, right? And I moved, I had the movers here, by the way, my daughter, (laughs) that was my daughter had strep throat. Okay. Just got strep throat fevers every four hours of the medicine. I'm exhausted. Mm. I had to work remotely that day from home, worked all day with my daughter, sick, with the movers here. And I had to go get a few groceries. And Mm. I remember I was so tired that I came out of my lane a little bit, you know, like while you're turning with the lines. And I did go over a little bit and I corrected myself. This young couple, young couple both come rearing over, honk their horn. And I mean, very obnoxiously. And I'm from Miami. Okay. That's what we do. And they both gave me the bird. She leaned over him and they put, and they both gave me the bird. And here I, yeah, I have my daughter in the back of the car. I am exhausted. I am so exhausted. I'm so tired. I don't know if anybody's ever worked night shift. If you have, I feel you. You're so tired that your bones hurt and your eyes just water. You're just so tired. And I remember, you know, isn't this funny? We're so quick to post, you know, you should be nice to people and you should, you're, you know, you don't know their worst day. They could be going through the worst part of their life, you know, and, and you should just be really nice. And I thought those people knowing what my day or week has looked like, I literally just wanted to cry when they did that. I didn't even respond. I didn't even, and normally me rested up would have been like, (laughs) yo, you need Jesus. Right. But I, I just let it go. And I thought, wow, these people have no idea what my life has looked like. You know, what my child has, you have no idea of how much like I have gone through and you're going to get upset because I went your lane a little bit. Like really, it was an accident. Right. So I feel like at the end of the day, you don't know, you know, know, because we've been talking, but the listeners, you may not look like what a childhood looked like (laughs) for them growing up. Yeah, that little kid that's a punk skateboarding, right? Or whatever. I love my kids skateboard. I'm just a bad example. But that kid could be escaping their home life, right? You don't know what it's like. That's why they're outside. You you don't know why these kids are all the movie theaters and these teens and and they're doing this or they're at the mall. You don't know what their home life looks like. You don't know that. So I feel like we have to stop judging and being so crucial and critical of people. People, it's a really heavy time in the world right now right? Especially with the pandemic and everything, but, you know, at home and now people that were in the field, right? Either mom and dad were in the field or husband and wife. Now they're at home and now they're not able to escape that situation. It's even worse now. Domestic violence has gone right statistically since COVID hit because the parents are at home more and the mom and dad are home more. That has gone up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we have to like be really nice to each it other. Really we have has. to love on each other. And if you know that somebody's going through a really hard time or you know they seem upset or they're not calling you, they're not hanging out, you know, reach out, reach out, you know. Mm-hmm. Reach out. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, I this is this is a time where yeah. we really need to be there for each other. Yeah. And we really need to show up in a different way. Mm-hmm. In a way that calls us to be more of our, more of ourselves mm-hmm. in a way 
that God would want us to be because mm-hmm. I mean, it's like less of ourselves, more of him, yeah. but more, more of ourselves sacrificially in him is where we need to be showing mm-hmm. up because we're all being affected by this. Yeah. You know, but some of us that, that have, that are some who are in, mm-hmm. in a domestic mm-hmm abuse situation in an environment that is toxic, that is unhealthy, even more so are being affected and children, children get exposed to that. It. Yeah. When the parents are, are being uh, more affected, violence one another, we, it's like at 80%, the children are getting abused yes, as well. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And them having to witness it is abusive in my opinion. And I just think that they are, it's not just the parents that are at home, the children are at home too. And so it's like, we have to understand, we have to have more grace. We have to, we have Mm -hmm. to offer more, we have to do more and show up and be there Mm -hmm. and listen to God and be obedient. You know, I feel like he, like God is truly calling us into obedience and that this is part mm-hmm. I, I I truly believe that this is why this pandemic was brought on he is yeah trying to call yeah. his people into obedience yeah I also so feel like he's asking you know he's I felt like it was a huge allowance to reprioritize our families and our children that where we were hustling, bustling, we were doing this and we were going here and we had to work right. and let's go. Okay. The kids got this. Kids. We never slowed down to really do like a self inventory, like a family check. Like, how are you doing? Are you okay? Because I feel like things are surfacing out now that God, that we didn't, we ignored, yeah. but God's putting light on that in the home, in the home. And yeah. we're seeing it now. And we're like, Oh, we didn't know this was lacking. G-. Like we didn't yes. know we needed to work on this. And God's like, this is, I've been telling you. Right. But because of free will, we've been so busy and consumed with life and go, 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 you know, and now it's like, like you say, like that he's, yeah, getting the people ready, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So if there were, and you've given so much to offer hope just in this episode, but if there were like one thing that stands out to you where you could share with women who are struggling right now, in an abusive family home to give them hope. You didn't deserve this. You, how you have done your life and where you have come from, this is not what God intended for you. And if you're unhappy at home and you think, well, this is what I get, this is what I grew up with. No, that's the enemy telling you that. And I declare it right now in the name of Jesus that you put that down that whatever you're carrying in your heart, that game, the, the um, shame, the guilt and the burden of those things that you were told as a child and now it's rippling over to your adult life, that that is not who you are and that God will never put you through a painful situation to teach you something. God will never use pain or hurt mm-hmm. or abuse as a learning lesson for the kingdom. That's the enemy. And so when you know that, I ask you to declare that over mm, Jesus, over your home amen. and your heart, and you find that spiritual freedom and you find that freedom and you run straight to God about it and straight to him and through him every single day, through his word, through uh, accountability, through prayers, you know, keeping you and your children, your home safe, vice versa. It could, it could be a man too, you know, it could be both either way, but doing, doing that and seeking it and knowing that. This is not your life. This is not love. It does not have to continue. You have, you have to make that first step though. And that's by talking to somebody about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that. That gave me chills and made me think that, Mm -hmm. like you said, love is not supposed to hurt. Mm -hmm. And we know Mm -hmm. that the love of Christ heals it heals it doesn't hurt love heals love protects you know love we know all the things that love is that the world has shown us is not and people have shown us is not and and it made me think when you when you first said 
Mm -mm. You, you didn't deserve this. I remember coming home from a trip that I was on um, with my husband and it was so awful the way I was treated. And I remember flying home by myself from this trip. And when I, when I came home, I was so broken down and I was so mm-hmm. exhausted mentally and physically. Wow. I, I slept all day. Um, and I woke up from this dream and in my dream, God was with me. He was laying like across my bed and just, I could feel his, his overwhelming presence around me. And he spoke to me in this dream and very specifically said, yeah, you did not deserve that. And it was like, he Mm -hmm. knew I needed to hear those words. And so I know that there are so many women out there that need to hear those words too and needed to hear that. And I'm glad that you got to see that that. too, you know, and hear that because I feel like sometimes we'll tell ourselves that and go, well, and then we just brush it off. But that was God like speaking that over your life. He was speaking that over you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He sure was. Well, gosh, thank you so much, Amy. Oh, such a for, pleasure. Thank you for having me. For joining me today. It has been such an honor. It's amypmiller.com. And if they want to find out more about the women's outreach, they can look on unqualifiedandcalled.com. And on either site, they can um, look at our new book. My book that came out in June is called Sassy and Saved. And it's one woman's journey to finding purpose beyond the pain. And this will definitely get into some deeper um, dysfunctionality of my childhood when I grew up and we'll definitely go through um, some of the domestic violence and, and the marriages with that. Um, but it's a Amazon seller, bestseller for Christian living, spiritual growth. Um, it's about finding women's, um, your spiritual freedom. And so if you guys like more information about that, it's online and I hope you guys pick up a copy.